0: Welcome to the CityGate Church Podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. Let's turn to Daniel chapter 3 and we're going to read the chapter. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold. He made an image of gold. Whose height was about 100 foot and whose width was about 10 feet. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province where he was the ruler in Babylon. And and the king sent word to gather together the satraps. Those are like the area people who sort of govern sort of areas like, you know, councillors, local council people. Satraps, the the admin guys, the governors, the councillors, the treasurers, the judges, the law people gathered the establishment and all the officials of the provinces to come to the the uh, dedication of the image which the king had set up. It says, so the satraps, the admin guy, all these guys, for the sake of time, we'll just go down. It says, they stood before the image that the king had set up and this herald cried out and he said, To you guys, it is commanded, people's nations, languages, that at the time you hear the music, you shall fall down and worship the image the king has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship the image shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. No pressure then. (laughs) No pressure. If you do, you're all right. If you worship the image, fine. If you don't, you're dead. Whoever does not fall down shall be cast into the, fir- into the burning fiery furnace. But there were certain Jews whom you've set over the affairs of the province of your kingdom, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. These men, O king, have not, paid due regard to you. Now, just to give you a little bit of history there, we've skipped a whole chapter. We'll be coming back. I'll be doing a day, a Sunday, on the sort of, all the prophecies of Daniel. All of them on one Sunday, sort of. About, he spoke into the kingdoms of this world like nobody else that's ever been raised up by God. The most incredible prophet, chief of the prophets regarding what goes on on the planet. Absolutely amazing. He talked about the Persian kingdom, the Greece kingdom, the Roman kingdom, the Babylonian kingdom. He talked about our day. He talked about the Antichrist. He talked about the second coming of Jesus. He talked about the government alive at that time. He talked about all of that stuff. Absolutely amazing. So we'll be sort of doing a bit of a timeline through that one Sunday. Um but we've skipped over a whole chapter where he has a dream. And he has a dream of this statue and it's like got a head of gold, you know, and there's the chest and the, and the, ten, the, the clo the clay and the iron mixed together in the clay and uh, all that. And as a result of the fact that nobody could interpret the dream, nobody had the spirit of the Holy God. Do you remember that excellent spirit? Nobody knew what was going on. Nobody could understand. Nobody could discern except for Daniel. He gave the prophetic word. So he was exalted in the kingdom. He was put over in authority. And then he had a good word on behalf of his three mates. And he said, hey, king, I got three mates. Can you, can you promote them as well? And he said, yeah, no problem. So he promotes them. So they become those in authority in the kingdom as well at the time. And there's a huge amount of jealousy, envy, hatred that went on with the existing leaders, the Chaldeans and the satraps and all of those and the people that God had raised up. And so they come and it says, now there are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Now these men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They've been serving him for quite some time. It says, they do not serve your gods. Ah, here we go. Here we go. It's not just about an image set up. It's what's behind the image. It's not just about what's going on in the natural. It's about what's going on in the spirit. They don't worship your gods or worship the gold image that you set up. Then, the king in rage and fury gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. So they brought these men before the king and the king spoke saying, is it true that you do not serve my gods? Really? Or the image that I've set up? Now, okay, let's go again, shall we? Let's give it another go. Perhaps you got up late. Perhaps you didn't hear the band play when they struck up. Perhaps you didn't realise the instruction. Let's try again, shall we? Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the band play, that you fall down, you worship the image which I've made, good. But if you don't, you'll be cast immediately into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out from my hands. Ah, now we really see what's going on here. What God, what God is there that can deliver your life out of what I'm commanding? I mean, he was an amazing king. He, if you know the history of it, he had swept through, conquered loads of stuff. I mean, the guy was just absolutely incredible. We know of the Hanging Gardens. We know of the the Ishtar Gate. We know of all this stuff. I mean, he did this amazing stuff. I mean, talk about a world shaker. Talk about a world changer. Talk about somebody that's at the top of the pile and what he says goes. But here he is saying, you know what? There's something behind all of this. I'm confronting your gods. I'm confronting what you believe. I'm confronting what you worship. If you don't worship, you'll be cast into the fire. Who is the God who will deliver you from my hand? So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego answered and said to the king, no point doing it all over again. (laughs) No point. Don't bother. Don't Don't get the musicians back. Don't need them. Don't. There's no point. We have no need to have another conversation about this. I mean, I love, can you hear their, not their attitude in that wrong way, but their conviction on the inside. We have no need to answer you in this matter. If that's how it's gonna be, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and He will deliver us. I mean, these guys are on fire. I don't mean in the fiery furnace. (laughs) These guys have a conviction. These guys know who they are. They know who they serve. They could turn to Psalm 91 and they could read it. Already been written. We have no need to talk about this anymore. It's not up for debate. There's no negotiation here. Our mind is settled. We know what we're doing. There isn't anything you can do. There isn't anything you can threaten which is going to cause us to compromise who we are. Not happening. Not happening. But if not, let it be known to you, O King, that we do not serve your gods. We don't serve your gods, nor will we fall down to the golden image which you've set up. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the expression on his face changed. When it talks about facial expressions changing, it's not speaking about just something in the flesh, it's talking about what is really on the inside coming out. That's really what happens. There was a time where it says the face of Jesus was altered. If you read about when he was on the mountain and the glory of God came when he spoke with Moses and with Elijah and it says, his face was altered. See, something happens when you're under an anointing. If you're under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, your face is gonna shine. Amen. Amen. Good news, your face is gonna shine. If you're under something else, it's gonna come out. It's gonna come out and his face was altered towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and he spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valour who were in his army to bind them, cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans and their other garments and they were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, that the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men that took Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego into the fire and they fell bound down into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. But then, I love this, then King Neb was astonished And he rose up in haste and spoke and saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they said, yeah, true, O King. And he said, look, I see four men loose. Four men loose. There's another in the fire, hallelujah. Walking around in the middle of the fire. They're not even hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then King Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace. He said, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God. See, he was starting to get it now. Come out and come here. So they come out of the midst of the fire and the satraps, administrators, governors, they all gather around to see what was going on. And they saw these men on whose flesh, their bodies, the fire had no power. Had no power. And the hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected. And the smell of fire, a lot of translations say, the smell of smoke was not upon them. Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word And they've given their bodies and they should serve nor worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I make a decree. Here here he goes, same old Neb. That any people that don't worship his God, I'm gonna kill them. (laughs) Chop them up into little pieces. And their houses should be burnt to an ash heap and there is no other God who can deliver like this. See, he was the same old, same old. But he realised that he had to submit to the strength and the authority of the Most High God. Today, I wanna speak about there's another in the fire. There's another in the fire. And today is more about catching the spirit of what was happening here than it is just teaching number of points. We teach the Word of God in this place sharper than any two-edged sword. We sing the Bible, pray the Bible, believe the Bible, stand on the Bible, live the Bible. The Bible is what we live and we make no apology for it. But today I want to do more than just preach a sermon. I want to speak into the heart and the life of the church here today and launch us into a new future. As As we talk today about there's another in the fire, this is an amazing display of the glory and the power of God. This is not just a kids' church fairy tale. I mean, so often these stories are, are, of course they're in kids' church, wonderful, so they should be. But it's as if, ah, oh, you know, that's the fairy tale stuff. You know, the fiery furnace and it's all, all about God. But, but you know what, when we grow up, you know, it didn't really happen or, you know, that's, that's too good to be true or whatever. No, it is the living, powerful Word of God and it happened and it's the power of God and it's the deliverance of God and it's the plan of God and it's the rescuing of God for His people. Today, things are hotting up. Things are hotting up. Fires are being lit. We're at a time where furnaces are being stoked. People love to throw people in the fire. Whether it's personal or whether it's political or whether it's Ethnic, whether it's age, whether it's gender, people love to throw people in the fire. We are in a fire-stoking generation. Today, we don't throw stones. We just throw people in the fire. Things are hotting up. But to those who rise up, pray, stand, stand, know they're clothed in the robes of righteousness, in the garments of praise, in the armour of God, true to God and taking His Word as final authority, those people will shine and display God like never before in the generation we're living in. God will rescue you. God will rescue you. Now, if you make a mistake, God will rescue you, amen. Amen. If you fall and stumble, God will rescue rescue you. If you fail, God will Rescue. rescue you because we are no longer under a covenant of obedience, we are under a covenant of grace. Now grace causes obedience, but grace does not determine Sorry, but obedience does not determine righteousness. Are you with me? Your lifestyle does not determine how righteous you are. Righteousness is your relationship, your oneness with God. You didn't earn it. You didn't pay for it. You didn't obey the law and get it. You didn't repent of sin and 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 because of you being spotless and clean, now you got it. No, God imparted righteousness into your life. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God rescued rescues the righteous now. He does not just rescue the obedient. Hello. Doesn't mean to say we don't obey. We obey because we're forgiven. Our obedience does not bring our forgiveness. Are you with me? We obey because we're blessed. We don't get blessed because we obey. God rescues the righteous. And if you've received Jesus Christ today, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Which is the most powerful declaration that you can ever make. As He is, so am I in this world. It's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. Righteousness. So today, I just wanna bring out some points very quickly, very clearly. And we got our catchers out today. Number one, the colliding kingdoms. The colliding kingdoms. This was a direct confrontation concerning who they worshipped. It's a colliding kingdom. It's not just a social etiquette. It's not just a, oh, it doesn't really matter, does it? This was a colliding of kingdoms. There's a number of those in the Bible. You could think of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. That was a colliding of kingdoms. You can find it all the way through the Bible. There is a colliding of kingdoms. That's why it's called light and darkness. It's not light, gray and dark. It's light and dark. It's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. Now, I'm not going to talk today about what the kingdom is all about and the spirit of the world and the spirit of, you know, we're going to do a Sunday on it. And it's really important that we understand. You see, because the Bible's really clear. If you love this world, you do not love God. I mean, that's, it says it, New Testament. When we say love the world, we're not talking about the trees and the plants and the bees and the birds and the, and the whatever else and the flowers and the. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the, the spirit, the values, the morals, the direction, what they're trying to ram down, what they're trying to feed Daniel, Shadrach, and Meshach, and Abednego in the first chapter. Eat this stuff. No, we ain't eating that. We're not eating it. We're not eating it. There is a spirit of the world and the Bible is clear over in 1 John, if you love that, the love of God is not in you. That's just a strong thing to say. You see, because these kingdoms, they are colliding. They're not just coexisting in the planet. It's not just, well, there's the kingdom of this world and then there's God's kingdom and everything's happy. No, these things collide. They collide, and there are and there are times when it appears in the natural that they're colliding more than at other times. Sometimes it's peace and it's all lovely, and you think, ah, oh, you can't really tell the difference between the world and bet- you know the world and the and the kingdom of God and the church. And there are other times when these things are like rams butting heads. Are you with me today? Yes. And these things are butting heads right now. And they were in his day. That's that's the day that we're talking about today. They're butting heads. Worship these gods and this image? No, not doing it. There was a colliding of kingdoms, and it and it opens up when you know King um, Nebuchadnezzar says, "What God is there? Yeah. What God is there that can defeat me?" What God is that? You see, this was a colliding of kingdoms. Now, let's just go back a little bit because the Bible is really clear and so it was already settled in their hearts. The second commandment is, have no other gods before me, worship no other image. Already written, already settled. They didn't have to go and pray about it. They didn't need the discernment of the Holy Ghost. It was just clearly written. Don't worship anything else. Settled, Done. Some things we just need to get absolutely settled. Just settled on the inside. Conviction. I don't do that. I do that. If you're a believer, you know, today's a bit of a sort of, let's do this. Let's do this. Now, in the first chapter, we read of these four guys. There's, There's Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. But... I wanna talk about their names just, just for a couple of minutes here today, their names. You see, the world wants to rename you, relabel you. And we could go there with stuff like birth mother, new name, new identity. I'm gonna go there this, this, in this series because I think it's really important. They, the world wants to rename your identity. They want to call you something that you are not. See, these guys have wonderful Hebrew names. Wonderful Hebrew names. And I felt a bit sort of corrected by God <laughs> last week. And I know I was doing, you know, preparing for this, but I felt like saying, we only know these guys as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah? yeah. That's what we know them as. That's like me... handing over a name to this guy that means loser. And every time I see him, I call him loser. And all of you lot call him loser. It's not his name. It's what he was given by the world. So these guys, we only know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I think we need to change that. I'm not going to create a doctrine, but that was the identity of the world. Let's just have a look at what those names mean. What the first name is, Daniel. Do you know what that name means? God is my judge. Good name? God glorifying name? Great identity? Absolutely wonderful. What about the next one? Hananiah. Hananiah was his friend. Hebrew name, you know what it means? The Lord has been gracious. Good name? Wonderful name? Okay, what about the next one? Azariah. Do you know what Azariah means? The Lord is my help. Good name? See, these are the names given, you could say, by God. By the parents. What about the other one? Um, 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 Eshael. It means this. Who is like the strong, mighty God. Good name? Wow. You see, when they went into captivity, you know what the oppressors did? They changed their names. They said, you can't call yourself those names anymore. Now we're gonna call you. The first one, instead of it being Daniel, his name was changed to Elta Shazar. You know what it means? The keeper of the secret things of Baal. Wow. Talk about a change of identity. From God is my judge to you're in the secret place, not of the Most High. The secret place of Baal. And Baal is the reason why they went into captivity in the first place. Are you with me? What about the next name? So instead of Hananiah, we have Shadrach. His name meant the Lord has been gracious. Do you know what it means now? Shadrach means inspiration of the sun God. Wow. This is what we have taught our kids to call these people. What about the next one? Instead of um, um, Ishael, it's, um Eshak, which means of the of the of the goddess Shak. So again it's being named after another god. What about the next one? Instead of Azariah, we have Abednego, which means servant of the shining fire of Nebo. Nebo is a god. So Again, I'm not going to create some big sort of doctrine about this, but can you see the world wants to rename your life? And this is a a colliding of kingdoms that is going on. And it's it's affecting every part of their lives. And even though they have to call themselves by those names because they're speaking Aramaic now, they're not speaking Hebrew, there's all sorts of things if you put them up there. um, They still knew who they were. And they said, we're not shifting. You can call us whatever you want, but that is not who we are. You can call me the keeper of the secret things of Baal, but actually I am hooked up with the Almighty God and God is my judge. And today I really wanna, want us to understand that there is a colliding of kingdoms. It doesn't mean to say, none of these guys went out and protested. They didn't stand around the gold image and say, stop worshipping, stop worshipping. They didn't do any of that. They just didn't worship themselves. There's a huge difference there. But what they refused to do was compromise their own conviction on the inside. There is a clashing of kingdoms. Second thing today is do not fear. Satan's greatest weapon is fear. Everything he does, he's called the liar, the accuser, the deceiver, the destroyer, other things he's called, but they all come down to he sows fear. And that doesn't mean to say, oh, fear of heights, fear of spiders, that sort of thing. No, we're talking about fear is an expected end from a threat of your enemy's success. What do we mean by that? Well... Satan works by threats and by intimidation. If you don't do this, you'll die. If you don't do this, you're gonna lose everything. If you don't do this, you're gonna be ashamed. If you don't do this, you're gonna live in regret. If you don't do this, you're gonna be destroyed. See, Satan is the master liar. When when he lies, he speaks the language. Uh, He just speaks out from himself. He can't say anything else but a lie. He can't do anything else but put fear onto people and how He rules and how He reigns, small r's there. He's not ruling like we rule in Almighty God. But he, he sows intimidation. He sows fear. If you don't do this, you're gonna die. If you don't do this, you're gonna lose everything. If you don't, but, and it's all to undermine our stand on the Word of Almighty God. I'm not gonna do what the Word says because... I might lose everything. I might get thrown in the fire. I'm not gonna do what the world says or I am gonna do what the world says because I'm scared of the consequences. So many consequences in our generation right now. And the fear of the thing is greater than the outcome of the thing. Can I just say this today? Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait of the threats of the enemy. There's so much I could say on this. Rejoice, it silences the enemy. Love casts out fear. We know this. Hope expects the deliverance and faith receives it. So many things I could say, but but the enemy wants to throw fear at your life that the outcome is not going to be what God has promised. But aren't you glad today that we can stand on the Word of God And we know that God has said. Number three, trust in the covenant promises of Almighty God. They said, God is able to deliver us and he will deliver us. They were absolutely 100% convinced, conviction on the inside. They knew what God was going to do 100%. Now, I know people then quote the next verse and says, but even if he doesn't deliver us, but you need to understand what they're doing there. They're saying, our conviction and our commitment to God is not dependent on anything else than this is the right thing to do. Are you with me? Yeah. They knew they were coming out. That was not in question. It's not like, well, if we don't, it's still we still love God. It wasn't that. He was saying to the king, that's who they were speaking to. They said, we're coming out. You just watch this. It's gonna be a wonderful show. We're coming out, but that's not why we're going in. That's not why we won't bow down. We sang earlier, we will not bow down to this world. And this is not in any way, you know, about stuff going on. This is the spirit on the inside of us that says we will only live for Jesus Christ. You see, why could they have that confidence? Well, it's because God said so. Deuteronomy 28 had already been written, was already their covenant. It, It shall come to pass, Hananiah, Azariah, If you obey the voice of the Lord your God and observe carefully all His commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth, even if you're living in Babylon. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you wherever you are because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city of Babylon. Are you with me? This has already been written. Blessed will you be in the country when you go in, when you go out. Verse seven: The Lord will cause your enemies, who will cause your enemies who um, arise against you, to be defeated before your face. See, they knew their covenant. They knew what they had. They refused to allow the intimidation of the enemy dictate their lifestyle. We've already read Psalm 91. If you abide under God, no evil shall befall you. You shall not fear. God is raising up a generation of fearless, fearless believers. Fearless believers. Yeah, but you don't know what's going on. Yeah, but I know the Word of God. Yeah, but you don't know what they're threatening. Yeah, but I know what, the, what God's promised. Yeah, but you don't know what's happening around. Yeah, but I know what's happening inside and from, and from the book. And it's, and it's the life within that determines the life we live, not the, the culture around that determines the life that we live. We're not fighting physical wars, physical weapons, of course not. But with faith and with prayer, the power of the Holy Spirit to bring about revival and to reform the generation we live in. I'm really excited about the prayer meetings the next two weeks and we're going to be prophesying and declaring about the generation and people in the church. But dear God, it's time to rise up. It's time to rise and shine for our light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us and it doesn't matter what is said around us, it's the glory of God in us as our, uh, as our God behind us and the glory of God going ahead of us. Now God has not, pro- well, number four, God rescues the righteous. When the enemy throws everything he can at you and you stay true to God's word, God rescues the righteous. God rescues the righteous. It's what God does, He excels in it. The world will look on amazed as they see you walking around in the fires of the things that have attacked your life. Why? Because Jesus is walking with you, He's in the fire with you, He's in the waters with you. Now, God has not promised that the fires won't be lit. See, it's really important that you believe in for the right thing. And I'm not saying believe for fires, but you will never walk through life without a fire and without a flood. You with me? But when you walk through them, be prepared for them. Be prepared for them before you even find that the fires are lit. How? Abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Know who you're named after. Isaiah 43, we all know it. But now, thus says the Lord who created you or Jacob who formed you. Fear not, I have redeemed you. I've called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the, the flood rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned nor shall the flame scorch you. What I think is absolutely wonderful is in the fire, the things that bound them were burned off their lives without burning them. The ropes, the Bible says, were burned off and fell to the ground. Now, we don't glorify the fire, but we certainly glorify the God in the fire. Amen. 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 Trials never build your faith. It's what you do in the trial that builds your faith. Amen. You see, I've been doing this a long, 32 years we've been pastoring churches. I've seen a lot of trials, a lot of fires come that have destroyed people. So let's not say, oh, it'll all be fine, it'll all be fine. No, it depends how you go in. Depends how you go into the fire. But when you go in the fire and you know who you are and you're righteous and Psalm 91 and you know who your God is and you're uncompromising in your faith, you know what? The very things that have bound your life up till that point when you come out the other side of the fire, you are gonna be in a new degree of freedom that you would never have tasted unless you'd first gone through the fire. God didn't send the fire, but the results of the fire, which were meant to kill your life, are gonna purify your life and free your life and deliver your life and free your marriage and cause your kids to come through and cause your business to prosper and cause the kids, the church to grow. The fire of the enemy becomes a tool in the hand of God to destroy off of your life the porn that you're bound to, the addictions that you're bound to, the jealousy that's on the inside. You can come out free from what Whatever you went in with, hallelujah. Now, what I love, what I love, what I love, 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 love. love. Number five, no smell of smoke. Oh, hallelujah. No smell of smoke. What else happens when the fourth man is in the fire? When you come out, there is no evidence that you've even been through the fire. Oh, hallelujah. You know, the clothes weren't singed, the hair wasn't singed, but no smell of smoke. You see, a lot of people, they come out the fire and God's been good and set them free, but they go down the road and they buy smoke aftershave. They buy smoke aftershave. You see, because they want everybody know, everybody to know what they've been through. You know, they get that smoke after shaving. It's not just one smell of smoke. There's a great smell of offence. Ah, but you don't know what I've been through. That was a real trial. And you're still carrying the (laughs) offence. When we get near you, we can smell it. We can smell the smoke. But you sprayed it on afterwards. Oh, I'm preaching. <laughs> what about the smell of unforgiveness? Yeah. What about the smell of hurt? Yeah. Oh, it's so very good. <laughs> about the smell of hurt? See, you come out the other side and when God is with you in the fire, the ropes are burnt off. You come out Not the smell of smoke. But the problem is, you see, up until the fire, that was your identity. So you don't know what to smell like anymore. So you go back to what you smelt like before you went in the fire. You see, I know that we all love a pity party. We all love the attention. People coming round and going, how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? How's that offense that you've carried for three years? <sharp inhale> oh, yeah, it's still there. How's the jealousy? <sharp inhale> yeah, it's still there. How's the regrets? <sharp> I've <inhale> got so many regrets in my life. got so many regrets. Jesus is faithful, but I'm still regretting. Hello? Because why? You like the attention. I'm i going there. You like the attention? It's identity. What about shame? Embarrassment. I, I can honestly I can think back to some things in my life that I cringe. I mean seriously, I cringe. There's a couple there's a couple of things that sort of haunt me. They're there. Just things are said or things are did, and it's like, oh. But you see, God says instead of your shame, you have double honor. God's not spraying you with shame. So don't spray yourself. Are you with me today? Don't spray yourself. Don't spray yourself. See, that's not your identity anymore. It got burnt off in the fire. And when you came out, you left it there. No smell of smoke. No one's going to be even able to tell that you've even been in the fire in the first place. I heard a testimony, wonderful testimony the other day of this lady and she'd been sex trafficked and then da 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 And now she's written books and uh, this girl is just like, wow. And the person that was interviewing... Sort of said, no, that didn't all sort of happen to you. No, you must be joking. Look at you now. No smell of smoke. Yeah, that's right, <sighs> it's good. No smell of smoke. So what, you've been through a divorce? Yeah, it's all right, I'm out the other side. No smell of smoke. Hello? Yeah. See, some churches want to still spray you with stuff. Yeah. It's not perhaps you just spraying yourself they've got a whole cupboard in the Connect Lounge of smoke spray. (laughs) Oh, that's that person. I remember what they did. Hello? You see, this, this smoke thing is really important. Who are we in Christ? No smell of smoke from what we've been through. No one will be able to tell you've even been through the trial. No lingering emotional scars. Now, obviously, I know I preached before that the scars, he showed his scars to, to prove, but it's not like the scars are the thing that everybody's seeing. No lasting regrets, no shame, full freedom. Number six, as we close, God promotes the righteous. He promotes the righteous. See the fire sent by the enemy to destroy you will be the instrument of your deliverance and your promotion. Will be, I declare it, I prophesy it, I declare it into 2023. Do not despise the attacks of the enemy. Now, we resist him and we trample him underfoot, but don't get into that holy mode. Oh, I'm under attack, I'm under attack, I'm under attack. Well, hallelujah, because the fourth man is in there with you. You won't be burned, you won't drown, you're gonna come out, your clothes won't be singed, you'll be glorified, your face will be shining, your Word will be powerful, you'll be in a better place and you'll have a testimony that can get other people out the fire, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wanna declare this over your lives today. Come on, let's lift our hands. You got your catchers out. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honour. Amen. Instead of insignificance, you will have public acknowledgement. Amen. Instead of lack, you're gonna have more than enough. Amen. Instead of disease, you're gonna have flourishing health. Amen. Instead of debt, you shall lend and be a blessing. Amen. Instead of fear, you're gonna rejoice in your faith. Instead of regret, you will overflow with thanksgiving for the goodness of God, hallelujah. Instead of constant struggle, you are gonna be walking in the favour of Almighty God. And instead of reduction, there shall be 10 times greater in Jesus' mighty Name, hallelujah, 10 times greater. Come on, let's stand to our feet today. Come on, let's give God some praise in Jesus' Name. Do not compromise. Do not bow down and you shall rise in Jesus' Name and come out into a place of influence and significance in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, as we stand in Your presence today, whether we're in a fire, whether we've been through a fire, or we're the ones coming down the road. Lord, we laugh in the face of adversity because that's what you do in Psalm 2. It's exactly what you do. Father, no matter what fires come to destroy, we refuse to bow down. There is no need to have a conversation on this. Our hearts are already settled. We refuse to bow to the spirit of the world. We refuse to bow to our flesh. We will only bow to the Most High God. Father, we thank you that you are committed to our deliverance. That Jesus, you are right now in the fire. You were there all along. You were there in the last one. You'll be there in the next one. And we thank you, Lord God, that as a result of the deliverance, many people will come to Christ. (laughs) <laughs> oh wow if only we could see with the eyes of God the bigger picture from the higher vantage point God sees it He's setting you up to be a blessing in ways that you have never dreamt about so get your eyes off the flame and put your eyes on the fourth man in Jesus name and everybody said Amen, Amen. Amen. can we give Him some praise today Hallelujah Hallelujah